Welcome back to a long-awaited edition of the Senior Old Boys Podcast. That's right. Yay! The SOBs are back. We're back! I'm Eddie Sefko, and this is the great Dwayne Price. Hello, folks. We're doing this remotely. We are social distancing while we're doing it, so if our voices sound like they're far away, there's a reason. But... uh, we are here. We just had a uh, our, our delicious lunch at Fish and Tails, and uh, and uh, very healthy, very very healthy. But I'm sleepy now. And Dwayne might he he, he might <laughs> nod off somewhere during the middle of this because I get boring sometimes. But uh, you know we 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 it's been a while, but you know what? It's been a while for everything in the NBA right now. Now there's nothing that's been normal about this uh, this whole thing, Dwayne. Uh, let's go back to what year was that? 2019, I almost said 1999. <laughs> And then the golf over there in Colonia this past weekend. But for the most part, man, I've been watching uh, that cornhole on ESPN, <laughs> cornhole championship, and also a rock skipping contest. Rock, rock skipping? Rock skipping, man. And this dude, he threw the rock so hard, he came out of his shoe. I don't know how that happened. He came out of his shoe. I mean, I'll watch... I'll watch cornhole, I gotta admit. And I'll even watch darts. You know? But I draw the line at rock school. That's just it. That, that's just that. No, no, I'm not going there. But uh, we're back here and, and uh, we're, we're, we're going to talk a little bit of uh, important stuff today. And, and I gotta admit, there's, there's one, you know, one topic obviously that's been on everybody's mind. And, uh, you know, there's. There's certain things in life that we'll, some of us just will never be able to relate to. I mean, it's it's uh, you know one of, and I'll never be able to, to relate to what it's like to be a pregnant woman, of course. You know, so there's just some things that you know you, you're not qualified to experience. And and I want to take this time to say that I'm really genuinely concerned that I'll never know what it's like to be a bald person. <laughs> and yet, yet I'm sitting across from a guy. As long as I've known Dwayne, he's been bald. Now that's by choice. By choice. That's by choice. He 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 has done that by you know his own uh, volition. Uh, and I you know someday maybe someday the way my hair's starting to fall out I'll know what it's like to be to be bald. But you know I'm gonna have to rely on your expertise for this right now. Well, check this out though. I got some hair, man. Oh, I can't man. believe it's you like seven weeks. Oh man. It, the, Dwayne, Dwayne's got hair. My wife said she don't even recognize me. I, I would, I would tell you what she said I look like, but I don't want to offend somebody, so I'm not gonna tell you on it's that. A, it's a family podcast, yeah. sort of. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna say it, but I, I sort of agree with her. <laughs> so by Thursday, now tomorrow I'm gonna cut this off. It's, it's like seven weeks. This was way down here, so I didn't got it down. My, my beard, so I got it down. Is it a beard or a mustache? I'm all confused. Well, yeah, that would be a beard. Okay. See, I don't know that. I'm not used to having hair. <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> well, I, I used to have a lot more than I do now. So. 
but uh, I'm going to get rid of this. I'm going to be all ball again by tomorrow. Oh, well, good. Well, it'll be good to have you back. <laughs> but uh, no, in all seriousness here, we, we've gone through uh, uh, two or three weeks of really rough times for America after the uh, the George Floyd tragedy. I mean, it's just been, uh, you know, it's in, it's impacted everybody. And if it hasn't, shame on you. Right. Uh, but, you know, I'll just start going. If you, you know, give a couple thoughts about what what's going on for you emotionally. Uh, obviously, just a tough time for everybody, but it's it's, yeah. it's got to resonate uh, really uh, with you. Yeah. Well, as a, as a, a, a black American, we've known for years that uh, you know we've been getting unarmed black men have been getting killed by white officers. We've known. Just here recently, in the last uh, few months or a few years, we got video to, to prove to everybody this is what's been going on. And obviously with the police officers, they don't care because you got video because that police officer in Minnesota, he's looking right at the camera. He knows he's being videotaped. He didn't care. He had this smirk on his face. He had his hand in his pocket. It, that tells me he's done this before. You know, we don't know where or when and all that because he was just too cool knowing that. Because because I put it this way, if I'm him and I know somebody videotaping me and I'm got my knee on somebody's neck, I'm going to stop. You know, that's going to scare me. Hey, they got videotape of me. I could lose my job or whatever. He didn't care. Yeah. He didn't yeah. care. And, and his, the nonchalance, I think, is as much... I mean, the people. There was no even thought of remorse or anything, or what he was doing. Like it, it was something terrible. He didn't. And you know, we've all heard this, but uh, it just ain't right. And and you know, I can't imagine what it's like because, I, like I said, I'll never know. Yeah. You know, and that's something I can't do anything about. Yeah. But you've told stories uh, about. Growing up in, in uh, you know, far lower southeast Texas where where there was some, some legitimate racism when you were growing up. It was, going, it was going on all the time. There's a town called Vider, Texas, about 35 miles from where I live. And I'm on, let's just say, I work in Beaumont. Vider's like not even 10 minutes from Beaumont. It's like right there, you know. And I remember... Uh, I was covering high school back then. It was part of my job. Vital was in my school district. So I had to always go over there once every other week. Cause I would, most of my schools I went every week. I wasn't going about every week. You know, I'd find an excuse not to go because something always happened. And I'll never forget going. You know, once you get off of I-10 freeway, take that right to go to Vital High School. You have to go to about 8 to 10 red lights to get to the high school. And I'll never forget I was at one of those red lights. And obviously, this is when school was getting out. So these middle school kids on the bus just shoot, shoot me the bird, you know, at a red light and all that. And I'm thinking, is that necessary? You know, and I, then when I get to the school, I'm asked, trying to find a football coach. And one of the students said, are you here to mow the yard? I'm not here to mow the yard. You know? That's unbelievable. I'm, I'm a journalist. But that's just, that's just the stuff I can tell you on the podcast. I mean, it's other stuff that went on with that. I, I'm not going to share on the podcast because it's just really bad. Uh, yeah. Well, I, you know, growing up, uh, I mean, uh, I've heard, I think I heard you tell a story recently about uh, the swimming pool in Silsby. Yeah, that, yeah. It was, a, it was a black zone there. 
And then once they got a change for the black, I mean, for whites only, then once they got a change, but the black kids can swim there too. They pour concrete on it and close it up. So Just nobody swims. Yeah. That 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 existed at any point in history is just dis- disgusting but yeah. as recently as when was this the 80s 70s 80s this would have been the, the 70s when I was there the 80s I think is when that happened and the movie theater it was only one movie theater you know a small town like that one screen the blacks had to go upstairs which means you further away from the screen and the whites downstairs and upstairs probably had Maybe 300 seats and downfield had 600, 700 seats, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, just, and then uh, I remember the fountains, you know, uh, for whites only. And they had this one restaurant in town. I used to hate going there. My dad used to like going. But you, you had to go to the back, go to all everything in the front. To be like walking in here, all these maybe about 50 tables in the front. And then we had to walk around the side of the building to the back. And of course, you, you're passing this dumpster with this funky, crazy smell, and it's dumpster do. And then you go in and go to the back door, and there's like five tables back there for the blacks to sit and eat. So I remember all that, and I hated that place. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. You know, and I, I, I'm a product of DISD. I grew up in Dallas and went to all public schools in DISD. And in 71 uh, is when segregation hit. And... Uh, I went to high school. I started high school in 73. And uh, I can still remember it was, it was, everybody was scared of everybody, mm-hmm. you know? And it, I, for no reason at all. And, uh, uh, but it, it, things happened. I mean, kids, right. kids got in fights. I mean, there was all sorts of, uh, you know, uh, unruly things happening. But it, it wasn't, I mean, I never felt for my fear, fear for my life or anything, mm-hmm. you know. But you know, I did get I did get beat up in the hallway a couple of times, <laughs> you know. And, funny, and uh, oh yeah, it wasn't funny at the time, but it, you know, it's part of growing up, I guess, in those times. But uh, it, it's just it, it, where we are now seems like we should be a lot further along, doesn't exactly. it? Yeah, it, it almost seems like the world is just starting for whatever reason. But I remember when the integration, it started my sixth grade year, but I didn't go into my seventh grade year. But, you know, credit to my parents, I, you know, yeah, I know white people's skin was different than mine, but I thought we were all the same. And I still think that. Because the way I, I was just growing up, it's like, just because your skin color is different than mine, that don't make you better than me or me better than you. And we're all the same. In the mortal words of Mr. Bob Marley, you know, the color of a man's skin should make no more difference than the color of his eyes that's you know? a good one. and that's, that's a good one. and that's that's the way it should yeah. be yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and you know we've covered Dwayne and I have covered the NBA for, for more than 30 years each you know right. going on four decades mm-hmm. so uh, we we've, we've seen a lot of things and, and covered a lot of players and I, I I don't know about you Dwayne but I've kind of come to the conclusion that while there are differences between black people and white people, I mean, uh, you know, cultural and and and, and appearance and all that. Sure, right. I get that. Right. But most everybody's the same. They really are. You know, they all want to be happy. Yep. They all want their family to be safe and happy and and, mm-hmm. and provide for them. Right. You know, and, and most people, 
I mean, whether you're black, brown, white, purple, green, I don't care. Most people are good people, and there's always going to be a couple of jerks, no matter what color you are. No matter what race it is, and I tell people all the time, the color of skin ain't got nothing to do with how intelligent you are, if you're a criminal or not, if you've got criminal minds or criminal activity. One has nothing to do with the other. That is just something that's inherited in you on an individual basis. It ain't got nothing to do with your race. Nothing whatsoever. That's good people of all races, that's bad people of all races. Yeah. And you know what? Everybody speaks about white privilege. I've, I've had it. I freely admit it. I, I grew up and, and did not have to experience a lot of things. The one time I, I felt like, huh, I can't believe this happened. I was on my way home one evening uh, crossing the uh, Lake Ray Hubbard Bridge, and this was about 10 or 15 years ago. And I was in my, my old green truck, and... Uh, all of a sudden, the lights come on behind me, and, and I get pulled over. Oh. I said, huh, no, I wasn't speeding, because I don't speed. I, I, I spend my whole life doing things fast for a living. I'm not going to do <laughs> things fast when I'm off the clock. Right. But uh, So I, they pulled me over, and they said, uh, they look, first thing they did is they looked in the bed of my truck. Mm-hmm. And the cops come up and said, uh, uh, sir, I'm, I, you know, I just uh, wanted to check on you, because you were... Uh, you, you, resemble the description of a person who committed a crime in Rowlett over there uh, earlier this evening and uh, they had a truck like yours too so oh wow I said, so what do you mean I fit the description wow and they said well you know uh, so I was a white guy uh, you know so what yeah. uh, but you know that was the, a little snapshot of you know what that's one time and I can't imagine how many hundreds of times yeah. uh uh, a black man has to, to deal with something like that. All the time, all the time. I had one a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if I told you. My wife and I pulled up at a Walgreens over here not too far from my house in North Dallas. And uh, so she gets out and I stay in because I don't want to go in there. Stay in there. And about three minutes later, a white couple pulls over, two slots over to my left. And then the, the white man gets out and was headed in. He looks around and he catches my eye. So he's just staring at me. So he stops and takes his keys out of his pocket and then locks the door with his wife in the car as if I was going to jump out of the car and go get her. And this is in broad daylight. You know, first of all, if I'm going to commit a crime, it's not going to be in broad daylight. Not that I'm going to commit any crime. Because it's not going to look. I'm 65 years old, and I've never seen jail bars in my life other than on TV and in the movie. And I want to keep it that way. That's a, that's an admirable goal because yeah, that's, yeah. that's something you should yeah. should always go for. Right. You know, and, and you know we're like everybody else. It's it's what's happened in, in to society the last six, three weeks, four weeks, whatever long it's been now. Is, uh, it's impacted me and you and everybody as, as it should. And but you know. Some of us just have to educate ourselves because we don't know the history right. as well as we should. Right, right. And what it is, Sepco, is it, it, draining when you see another innocent, unarmed black man get killed. It's just it's like, oh no, here we go again. It just zaps your energy. I mean, you don't want to get out of bed and all that. And you don't want to keep trying to explain to your friends of another race on how this affects you because. 
you know, maybe they could understand, maybe they can't. Sometimes you, it's, it's difficult to walk in my shoes until you actually in my shoes. You know what I mean? You know, you know, being the only black on my street, you know, I don't know if somebody's gonna do something to me at night. They know I'm the only black on the street. They could do something to me and my family, you know, so it's, you spend a lot of time, not a lot, but sometimes hard to sleep at night. I mean, you, you, you see stories now of them hanging black men. Well, I got a young black son, you know? So when he leaves the house, I mean, if he's not home by dark, I mean, you start to worry, you know, where are you? I don't know if white families have, have uh, mom and dad have to worry about that with their kids. I doubt it, but I don't think so. You know, I do. Well, I got two, uh, th- three, excuse me, three teenage daughters uh, that I married into. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if there was one silver lining to this pandemic that we're in, the COVID crisis has kept them in the house <laughs> all the time. Right, Don't right. have to worry about where they are. So, right, 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 right. So right. I guess that's a, a, right. a small little bit of fallout that's helped. But yeah. uh, anyway, it's it, it. You know, we just uh, you know we're we're both uh, older gentlemen now, yeah. and uh, I think our our frame of reference is, is such that we we've, we've been around so many. People in the NBA, and uh, you know, by and large, by, by and large, most uh, most NBA players are black. Right. You know, the, the, the international and black. There are, there are there are white players as well, obviously. But, uh-huh. uh, and I, I can't stress this enough. Almost all all players are the, the good people. Oh yeah. Good people. Oh, yeah. You know, treat people the right way. Yeah. You know, now they may not like dealing with the media a lot sometimes, yeah. which yeah. is okay. I understand that. Yeah, yeah. But not bad guys. And, you know, and like I said, that, that that small percentage that is doesn't matter which which color they are. They're going to be that way. Yeah, I started doing this sports writing stuff in 1975, and if you if you twisting my arm and, and ask me how many just really crazy knuckleheads I've had to deal with during that period of time in the NBA, it may be 10, and that's a maybe. Yeah. That's a maybe, and, and that's regardless of the race, because like you said, most of them are good. They just want to be treated fairly. The problem I have with some of them, some, another writer write a story and they lump us all together. Say, hey, it had nothing to do with that. <laughs> you need to go get him. I, I didn't write that story. <laughs> well, well, let's 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 jump 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 ship here a little bit and go uh, a different direction. We are still hopeful of having basketball return Yay! in uh, 2020, uh, which would be one of the first good things to happen in this godforsaken year so far. Right. Uh, the uh, coronavirus crisis is still very real. Oh, yeah. A lot of people have it, a lot of people getting it, a lot of people still dying from it. Right. Uh, the NBA is hopeful that, that they can hit this July 30th or 31st uh, reopening or restart in Orlando. Right. Uh, my question to you, Dwayne, was, is this a smart thing to do? Well, if the virus says it's a smart thing to do, then you go do it. You know, you know nothing. Nothing in life is a. I mean, a lot of stuff in life is a gamble. If you know what I mean. I mean, so we don't know what the science and the data is at this particular time, or where it's going to be on uh, July the 31st. But I say go for it. 
you know, go for it. They can get everybody in a bubble under one roof in, uh, in Orlando and with the 22 teams, and they feel like it's worthwhile to give it a shot. Uh, I say give it a shot. You know, we know Pro Golf started this past weekend in Fort Worth with the, with the Colonia. NASCAR started a, a couple of weeks ago. So uh, we don't know when baseball is going to crank back up. Uh, who, who knows when they'll uh, figure out, yeah. you know, what kind of agreement the players right. and the owners want. But right, right. that's another story. All right, right. And the NFL, you know, training camps would be normally be coming right around the corner. You know, uh, I know they normally would be having those uh, OTAs by now, but obviously those got canceled or doing them virtual or whatever you call it. But, uh, yeah, I say if you're an NBA, you're an NBA team, NBA fan, if you feel like it's safe and, you know, you can get get enough uh, tests in there, test the players every day, go for it. Well, you and I had put kind of uh, did some rough uh, guesstimating here uh, before this, and we decided that each team probably would have at least 40 workers. That's, you know, 15 to 18 players, you know, the coaching staff, stre- stretching uh, massage therapists, strength coaches, all the other, all the ancillary people that go along with the team uh, to help it run. It's, it's going to be a, at least 40 people a team. That's 22 teams. Uh, you know, and we did some ciphering, and I think we came up with nearly, you know, nearly 900 people, 880 people, plus referees and, you know, people who uh, – run the clock and the, right. the, the scoring table people and all that stuff. So you're talking right. about over a thousand people. Right. They're going to have to be right. essentially quarantined right. uh, from whenever camp starts, which is, I think, supposed to be in early uh, July, yeah. 7th or 8th or somewhere in there, right. until your yeah. team is knocked out. Right, right. Which so you're talking time. until at least mid-August. That's a more than six, probably six weeks before uh, anybody gets to get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And once you're out, I guess you don't probably not coming back in. <laughs> no, so, but, uh, think of the team that got to go go to the finals, though. The game seven could be October the 12th. That, I mean, That's so we're talking time. July, August, September, October. We're talking four months of isolation. That's a long time. Uh, that, you know, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. Hey, and, and they're, everybody's getting paid handsomely for this. Let's not overlook that. Right, right. So, I mean, uh, it, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think there are some considerations that need to be taken into account. And some of the things we haven't even thought of yet right. that are going to pop up and say, oh, gosh, we didn't we didn't yeah. even think about that. Right, right, right. You know, now, yeah. you know, if they can get – we keep hearing daily that there's movement and, and uh, breakthroughs about, you know – testing and, and maybe a vaccine and all that stuff. If that happens, awesome. That's great for humanity, not just the NBA. All right. Yeah, and then you hear players every now and then, like Kyrie Irving, Dwight Howard, you know, George Hill. They, they, it's like they have in uh, second thoughts or whatever. It's like they don't think they should go and play. They don't think the league should do this. So, so what, what do you do in that situation? I mean, I, I, if some of the players don't want to go, can they just say I don't want to go, and then they don't go, go? They don't go, and are they penalized for not going? You know, how does that work? How do they meet that out? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess if, if you don't, if you don't mind losing the paycheck, I mean, no. I would think they do. If, if, if it's a voluntary uh, stay away thing, you know, where the player has a choice and says, "No, I'm not going," I would assume he's not going to get paid. Right, right. Not so, get paid. Yeah. you know, that's a that's a 
pretty good sacrifice in its in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I, I kind of you know I'm not the hugest Patrick Beverly fan, mm. but I have to confess he had a great point. He said, "If LeBron James is hooping, we're all hooping." Yeah, because when you think of it. Who, who, who's the biggest player in the league? It's LeBron. Who has more money already in the bank than anybody in the league? It's LeBron. So if he's willing to go out there and, and put his health on the line, for, for lack of a better phrase, you know, why can't the other players do it? Well, and another consideration, however, is that he's, his clock is ticking faster than anybody else's. Right. You know, he's only going to have one, two, maybe three more chances to win this, win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And this year's one of them. Yeah. And yeah. if you take this year away, that, that's another, that's a year down the drain that he doesn't get. And, and then next year, the Clippers are still going to be awesome. Yeah. Teams like the Mavericks are going to get better. Yeah. You know, and then you got those monsters in the East, Kyrie and uh, KD coming back. Right. It, it, you know, it's just going to get harder the longer it goes for, for a, a guy as advanced age as uh, LeBron, even as good as he is, and he's still awesome. He still got Milwaukee, too. He's got the, you know, the best record in the league right now. They're not going anywhere. They're not getting, you know, they're getting older, a year older, but they're still much younger than the Lakers and LeBron and all that crew. So that could, that matter of fact, that could probably play in why he really want to get this season restarted. You know what I mean? Because this is a real good chance for them to win it this year. Even though I think if, if the coronavirus was in the game and all that, I think the Clippers would have won. That's what I thought would have won it this year. I'm with you on that one. But, but uh, you know, now, I'll be honest with you, Dwayne, I don't care who wins. I just hope somebody, somebody wins it. Because I hope somebody, uh, you know, I'm like everybody else. At least golf came back, so I had a good excuse to take naps on Saturday and Sunday afternoon because I could watch some golf and snooze in and out yeah. of that. Yeah. But uh, I don't want to watch no more rock skipping contests on ESPN. I'm through with that. You know, and cornhole. Hey, don't don't be dissing <laughs> the cornhole. Come on, the cornhole tournament is awesome. You know, I mean, and, and you know, some of those guys they can they can fling those bags. Yeah, it is amazing. I, I'm like you. I don't been some of those sports bars to have those. I've, I've done that game. It's like oh, that's kind of interesting. You know. <laughs> you know what I'm waiting for is the shuffleboard. Uh, tournament on television. The one know. with the little, little ball. You know, Nelly, so Nelly, me and Nelly yeah, used to have, yeah. shoot shuffleboard quite yeah. often. And, uh, <laughs> of course, you had to play for money with Nelly. Uh, uh, He's going to beat you, too. <laughs> he, you know, he might let you win one at the start, but he's going to end up winning winning more than you because right. he's going he's not going to, you know, if there's a $5 bill on the table, you got no chance if he's across, <laughs> across from you. That's right. <laughs> you going to take it. <laughs> Well, Dwayne, this is uh, this has been a pretty good uh, return of the uh, SOB podcast. Yeah. I think we've covered some good ground here. We talked about some sensitive issues and uh, hopefully made sense. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking forward to our next podcast, and hopefully we can talk a little bit more about basketball uh, when we get there. But for now, I think it's good to have these conversations that we're having. Right, and I think people should all of America should be having those conversations. That, that's why when, when my son was coming up, when he was uh, seven, eight, nine, ten, had those sleepovers, you know, he had friends of all races. So if he bought, invited ten boys over, we made sure those races were mixed up, but they're all your friends anyway. So let's, let's get three blacks, three whites, 
some Asian, Hispanic, all of me, all that, all play, had a good time. Nobody worry about what color nobody's skin was. So the the Casa de Price was that, a melting pot. It was big time melting pot. <laughs> always has been, always will be. <laughs> That's my man right there, Dwayne Price. All right, uh, again, we're the SOB, the Senior Old Boy Podcast. Uh, we look forward to seeing and talking to you next time. Bye-bye.